today. Enough is Enough would be our new series. And we're going to talk, and the idea behind it is to recognize when is enough enough? Uh, is more stuff really going to make us happy? And uh, I really think we're going to dig deep into, there are some things that we can learn. There's also some ingredients that I believe the Holy Spirit, God himself, has written in his word to teach us how to, one, be thankful, and two, how to find his will. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I know how to find God's will for your life. Oh, come on. How many has ever prayed this prayer? Lord, just show me your will. Am I the only one? Okay, hands everywhere. So, did you know that his will is in the word? His will actually tells us exactly his, his word actually tells us exactly how to find his will. And I found it. And I'm going to share it with you today. And I believe it's going to be a, a precious moment. It's going to be a great opportunity for us to find and know, somebody say, the perfect will of God. Y'all are real quiet on me this morning. I, I'm going to have to preach two hours. Y'all going to hang with me? Come on. All right. So, all right, so we're going to get in the Word, real short text, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Stand for the reading of the Word, if you will. It's a custom here. We just stand for, in honor of His Word. I won't keep you on your feet long. If you're like me, my feet are hurting. They're, they're killing me because Brooke had me shopping all day yesterday for Christmas. <laughs> Santa Claus is trying to get done. And uh, I think we got most of it done, actually. Praise God for that. But I also got to be on a little date with her for a couple days. And so we have had a great time this past weekend and expecting God to continue to do great things um, in your family as well. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. If you get it, say amen. All right. Uh, we're going to read out of the New King James Version. It says this. If you don't have your Bible, it's on the screen. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, check it out, give thanks. Uh-oh. In everything, give thanks. For this is your will. Whose will? You want to know your will? You want to know God's will? You want to know what he has planned for your life? He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Be thankful or give thanks in everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for your enemies. I need to make sure you're paying attention. For who? Who's it for? You want, a, you want God's perfect will? There's some ingredients that we got to follow, and it's in this book, and we're going to learn today. Let's pray. Father, bless this word. Thank you for your faithfulness and your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Today I want to speak to you from a subject, ingredients to knowing God's will for your life. How many has ever baked a cake before? Raise your hand. All right. So I got some bakers in the house. You know if you're going to bake a cake, you've got to have some type of substance. You're going to have different types of ingredients. How many thinks it'd be okay if I put a big cup of sugar in this cake? How many think it'd be okay if I, it'd be a little weird if I put a big old cup of salt in this cake? Yeah, that'd mess it up. Tiffany, you wouldn't have nothing to do with that, would you? So when you're baking a cake, there's some things you got to start with. you got to start with some flour. And if you're a man like me, you probably ought to start with reading the directions so you make sure you do it right. 
And uh, so the directions are very important. If you want the will of God, you've got to get in his word and you've got to follow the directions. You can't follow your, your, your desires your, uh, the way you, you would do it. No, there's a specific way to do it. It actually says you've got to preheat the oven. If you're going to use a glass container, you're going to have to preheat it to 350 degrees. You can't put it at 325 just because you think that's where it should be. No, no, there's specific instructions of how this cake is to be prepared. How many understands the more specific we get with God, the more specific he'll get with us? His word is very specific. So we, once we get the batter in, we got the flour in, it says that I'm supposed to put in three eggs. Now, I left these eggs out last night, and I really don't know if I'm supposed to do that. I took them out of the icebox last night. All you bakers out there, is that okay? Could I still use this mix if I wanted to? Maybe? Is it bad that an egg was left out at nighttime? Okay. Okay, so whoever wants this mix when I'm done, you get to take it home and tell me if it's any good. If you get sick, we know not to leave eggs out for, 20, for 12 hours. All right. <laughs> so it says put three eggs in, and then it tells me um, after you put the eggs in, oh, oh, it says put me a, 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 half, let's see, a half a cup of oil. How many believe oil? That's what brings everything together, if I'm not mistaken. But also it says I need to put a cup of water. So I'm going to take some water. That's a good cup right there. What's wrong? Did I do something wrong? Was I supposed to already stir it up? Okay. Hey, this ain't my first cake. I will say, uh, Haley loves to, to bake. Brooke does a good job teaching and working with her, and she's coming along. And uh, I like to bake. I'm, I'm more of a cookie monster, if you will. Chocolate chip cookies are my favorite. In particularly, double chocolate chip. So if you, you want to be a blessing to your pastor, just you can bring me double chocolate chip cookies for Christmas or Thanksgiving. How many likes Thanksgiving? Isn't Thanksgiving an awesome time? Not only you get to be with your family, but you get to eat all the good stuff. But if, if we're going to bake a good cake, we've got to follow the instructions. So we've put in the, the, uh, the batter. We've put in the eggs. We've put in water. We've put in oil. How many understands that it takes a little bit of more than one thing to put it all together, make it all come, come together. And, 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 and if you was, even though we've mixed it all together um, and all the ingredients is ready now for the next stage, how many believes this is a cake? It's really not a cake, is it? How many would like to eat this? I wouldn't suggest it. It actually says on the box, I read last night, first time I've ever seen it because I used to do this all the time, do not eat raw cake batter. It says it right there. Not sure why. I think it's because it has something to do with worms growing in your belly or something. But kids, watch out licking the spoon. So we all agree that the ingredients in this batch is needed, but it's not complete. It's very important that you recognize in your life that there are certain ingredients that God's Word has taught us and, 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 and sustained for us. It's been written for us to grab hold of and not only talk about it, but to believe it. And it's very, very important as, as sons and as daughters, as children of the King, as kingdom believers, you recognize there is an ingredient, an ingredient list, just like it's on this box for, for God to do in you all the things he's designed you to be and to become. It's called his will. He wants his will to be perfected in you. 
I've learned in my life there is the perfect will of God, and then there is the uh, permissive will of God. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But after you've, you've, you've stirred the ingredients together, and you, stick, you pour that in a glass pan, and then you stick it in the oven for about 18 to 20 minutes, you're going to come out with something of substance. Now, here's the problem. At this point in our life, many of us believe we're ready to be served. And I want you to understand something. Just because you look the part, you talk the part, you even smell churchy. I mean, you got it going on. You've dressed it. You, you, you got your partner. You got a little praise. You know how to, you, you know how to do the rhyme and do the hymn. I mean, you've got, it, you, you've got it all together. The problem is you're still not ready to be served. And God's preparing his sons and daughters and he's teaching us one step at a time how to be in his perfect will, but we've got to trust him in the process. How many understands it? Unless this batter goes through the fire, it'll never rise to, the, to its full potential and purpose, right? So the heat, the fire, the testing, the trials is to bring the glory out of our lives so that he can get the glory like we just got done talking about. And then when we come out of the fire... Something special. Now, I'm going to ask Miss Tracy Canoe because I know she's good at this. Tracy, I, I, I don't want nobody watching you, but I want you to step behind the Holy of Holies. That's, that's the Holy of Holies, that curtain right there. Step back there and just do your work right there. Just put a little icing on that for me. Make it look real good. When you get done, you bring it back out to me. <clears throat> All right, so, so while the Holy Spirit's working on that and it's being put in the fire, we're going to work on some of these ingredients. Are you ready? The Bible says... In our text, verse 16, rejoice always. Number one, write this down. The first ingredient to knowing the perfect will of God is we must always be joyful. Real simple, but very needed. Let me explain. This is easier said than done, but Paul is teaching us a principle that if applied will change our lives forever. The alternative is to, is to always be sad and unhappy. How many thinks that's the way we ought to live? Sad and unhappy. Gloomy and doomy. No. He says always be joyful. It is a choice to be joyful. In spite of circumstances, in spite of anything that we face, it's your choice that to be joyful in everything. Now, what do we know about joy? This was interesting. I just kind of wrote down a few things I learned reading. Joy is not only a choice that's purposely made by us, but joy is an attitude. Everybody say attitude. It's an attitude of the heart. It's an attitude of your spirit. It's, it's present, watch this, inside of us, and it's full of potential if you allow joy to come out. Now, there's a difference between joy and happiness. Everybody say happiness. Happiness happens to us, okay? That's why it's here today, gone tomorrow. Even though we may seek it, desire it, long for it, pursue it, feeling happy is not a choice we make. It's a temporary emotion we feel that comes and goes in moments, watch, that are only good. You should never desire to be happy. Paul said, in everything, have joy. Happiness is an emotion that comes and goes 
It comes today and it's gone tomorrow. Your, emotion, your emotions uh, are happy based off of your situation. The good thing about joy is in spite of your situation, you can have joy in the good and still have joy in the bad. Happiness leaves the room when darkness shows up. Joy stands to its feet at attention when darkness shows up and says, Nah, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. What the devil don't realize is that every time he makes me cry, there's a harvest of joy coming back to my heart. I just need you to know if you want his perfect will, the first ingredient is you got to start with always being joyful. Joy is a, a, a choice. Somebody said, well, I just ain't happy. He didn't ever say you would be happy. He said, you can have joy in spite of the circumstance. Paul's a great teacher, a great lead by, leader. When Haley was younger, I remember this analogy that they taught her in school. She brought it home and told it to me. And I just remembered during studying for mess this message. And it was an acronym. And, and they said joy stood for the J was Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. I kind of like that. If, in other words, if you want to have joy, you better keep it in the right order. It's Jesus first. Your joy don't come from a boy. It doesn't come from a girl. It doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from a better wife or a better husband. It doesn't come from more cars or more, more houses. It doesn't come from land. It doesn't come from anything else. First, it's got to come from Jesus. I'm telling you, joy comes from Jesus. And then we, it is important that we learn how to put others first. We love our neighbor as ourselves. We're not selfish, but we're last because we know if we're last, he'll make us first. We find joy in him. Amen? Joy is, is present in the moment, but happiness mostly just passes through our moments. Happiness is not present in darkness and difficulty, but joy never leaves. It's there waiting for us to choose joy. Joy strengthens our spirits. Check this out. I love this. Joy strengthens our spirit, and it brings to life peace and contentment. You can't find peace and contentment in anything that this world has to give you, but you can find joy in everything that God is. You have to trust and believe. We must have joy. Not joy, watch, not joy in our circumstances because those things change, but joy in the God who is our source. I really need you to catch this today. If you want to know the will of God, you've got to start with the ingredients so that you can be in his perfect will. His perfect will is found first and foremost in joy. Let me give you some more scripture. Write this down. John 15 and 11 says, I have told you, this is Jesus, these things so that you will be filled with, watch this, my joy. Jesus said, there's a joy in me. I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. In other words, if you'll get my joy, Jesus says, the joy that comes out of you will be in an overflowing abundance because your joy's in me, not in yourself. Your joy's in, in, in me, not in circumstances or people. Nehemiah said it like this. He was building a wall and people were discouraged and defeated. And Nehemiah in chapter 8, verse 10 says, don't be dejected and sad. 
For the joy of the Lord is your strength. We quoted that while ago. But it's, it's important that we look at the, the aspect that it was in. They were dealing with the enemy attacking and walls being destroyed and causing confusion and chaos. But Nehemiah, a great prophet, a man said, Hey, don't be discouraged. The joy of the Lord can still be your strength. And then I like how it said in the book of Galatians, and this, is a proof, this is proof in the pudding, if you will. Proof in the battle that unless you have Jesus, you can't have joy. Did you hear me? I just said it. Let me prove it to you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Galatians 5, 22. But the Holy Spirit produces. Who produces? Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, gentle, faithfulness. What is that? That is a fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say fruit of the Spirit. You can't have a reproduction of the Spirit called a fruit of the reproduction of the Spirit called joy if the Holy Spirit isn't living and dwelling in you. Amen? So we need joy. Somebody shout joy. Joy is the only produced by the Holy Spirit in you. Number two, write this down. Paul says, never stop praying. He said, pray without ceasing. Verse 17. Pray without ceasing. How do I find the perfect will of God? You got to learn how to pray and don't stop praying. But I've already prayed about the situation. He says, keep praying. Already asked God, keep asking. I've already sought God, keep seeking. He said, seek me, you'll find me. Knock. And the door will be open. Ask and you will receive. If you look in the original interpretation of that particular scripture, you'll find it was a, it's a constant asking. It's a constant knocking. It's a constant seeking. Okay? It's not just a one-time thing. What God is trying to do is teach us how to chase after him, not after the thing. If we chase after him, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it will be done. That's what scripture teaches. But, the, but, but we got to line ourselves up with, with his word. You've got to abide in him. You've got to find peace, love, joy, peace. You've got, you've got to find all that in him. Find your joy in him. Don't find it in people. Don't find it in things. Don't find it in this world. We must consistently pray. Talk to the Father. If prayer is anything, listen, it is everything. It's everything. It's not some part. It's all parts. If you don't have a prayer life, you don't have a life. You can't know God without knowing how to pray. Let me see your worship life. I'll know what kind of prayer life you've got. You can't worship if you ain't got a prayer life. Because prayer is, is the intimate place. It's, it's the place of exposure. It's the place where you pull your cloak back and you say, Lord, here's my heart. And prayer leads you into an act of worship where you get real and you get dependent. But prayer leads us, guides us. Prayer gives us hope for tomorrow. It is our direct lifeline to the Father. It's not an option. It is a necessity. The moment we choose to ignore him and not pray is when we put ourselves in a position of spiritual suffocation. 
Prayer is to the male, to, to, the, to the human. Prayer is to our spirit man what air is to the natural man. Let me say it like that. You need prayer. And if you've been make it, making it secondary, stop it. Just stop it. It's important. If you want to know the will of God, ask yourself, have I been spending time in prayer? One thing I love about my wife, Brooke, she's an amazing prayer warrior. She knows how to get along with the Lord. Many times, three, four, five o'clock in the morning, I'll hear, hear her weeping. and She'll be in her closet, and I know that she's with the Holy Spirit. God speaks to her. Gives, them, gives her many dreams and visions, and I, 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 I love that. Because I see, and I, and I know she's a prayer warrior, I know what, when, when she begins to, God begins to use her, I know that it's because she's been intimate with him behind closed doors. See, when you, what you do behind or in secrecy, God will make known in public. But your prayer life is the key that unlocks every door in your life. We must learn how to pray. Prayer is, to, uh, is, is your spiritual lifeline. You can pray, watch this, anywhere. That's the cool thing about prayer. Prayer is not something that you can't do at any time. Prayer is something you can do. And nobody can stop you from doing it. If you pick up your cell phone, your cell phone gives you direction, Right? You got a GPS on your cell phone, you can say, hey, Siri, will you take me to 6800 School Street Road? It'll do it. Just like your cell phone gives you direction, your prayer life puts you in a position to be in the right, go in the right direction. Many of us talk on our phone more than we talk to our father. We trust our phone more than we trust our father. It could be because we're talking to the phone more than we're talking to him. I'm just telling you prayer. Paul said, if you want to know his will, if you want to be in his perfect will, you must pray without ceasing. It's a constant lifestyle of prayer. Let me give you some scripture. John James 5 and 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray, watch this, not just for yourself, but pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power, notice that, and produces wonderful results. King James says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. All he's saying is, your prayers have power and has the ability to produce wonderful results. But if you don't pray, you'll never see the benefits. Somebody say, Lord, help me pray. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says this. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He said, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will happen. I think that's a great verse. Can I tell you something? When you're praying, don't just pray and not expect God to do it. Learn how to pray with expectation. Learn how to pray. You're watching online, start speaking words to the Father that you know He has the ability to change and shift and transform every situation in your life. If you'll speak it, it can happen. There's life and death in the power of your tongue. 
Are you okay with speaking death? How about speaking life? Prayer is just an open communication with the Father. It, you don't have to come up in here with a, a backwards collar on and a full three-piece suit and, 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 and get dignified. And, oh, Father, which out in heaven, hallowed. No, he just wants you, hey, Dad, I messed up. I got some things jacked up in my life. I need you to get this, help me get this right. If you'll get real with him, he'll get real with you. He'll talk to you. I said he'll talk to you. Brooke and I, we've been uh, making uh, some uh, business decisions, and, and yesterday uh, we both, actually she said, hey, let's just pray about it right now. And we grabbed hands and we prayed about this particular situation. And I'm telling you, after we prayed, I like it when she prays. I feel like she touches heaven way more than I do. After we got done praying, it wasn't, what, Brooke, six, seven, eight, ten minutes? It wasn't, eight, it wasn't ten minutes after that prayer, phone call. A guy who I had called two weeks ago. I didn't know who he was, and he didn't even know who I was. He said, I just had, had this message, and I've been trying to reach you. I just wanted to see if you still wanted to do the deal. I said, we just prayed about that. He said, I'll send you everything you need. You'll have it in your email in 15 minutes. What I'm saying is when you pray about everything, God will give you direction about anything. you got to pray. It's not an option. It's a necessity. If you want his perfect will, we are in a season of thanksgiving. We're in a season of gratitude. But at some point, you got to recognize your prayer is the only, uh, uh, how you say, vehicle that's going to take you to your destination. It's one of the key ingredients that's going to get you where God's intended for you to go. But if you don't pray, you're going to find yourself in a lot more trouble than you have to be in. I like this verse, last verse for this, for this point. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Watch and then thank him for all he's already done. That, that latter part of that verse, thank him for what he's already done. I think sometimes we get so busy asking him for stuff, we stop being appreciative for everything he's already done. Listen, you can't leave out joy and prayer work. You can't Take joy and leave out prayer. Paul said you've got to be joyful in everything. You've got to pray about everything. But then he also said, point number three, be thankful in everything. Now let's just talk about that because that's a little weird to say. Pastor, you want me to be thankful in everything? That's what Paul said. Understand, he did not say, this is what he did not say, give thanks for everything. He said, be thankful in everything. It's easy to miss that. He is not saying be thankful that you're sick, broke, fired, or you got a flat tire. No, no, no. He said, be thankful. He's teaching us a principle of kingdom thankfulness. Okay, it's not of this world. It's not natural to be thankful in bad news, in a storm. 
and sickness. But he said, if you will trust me and learn how to be thankful, gratitude will show in many ways with, uh, with our words. We show gratitude with our words and, and with cards and with gifts, especially expressions of the heart, right? So he says, I want you to learn how to show expressions with your heart, with your words. And the best way to teach thankfulness is to lead by example, okay? Our children need to see us be thankful in our circumstances. If all we do is complain while we're in our test, how are they ever going to learn how to be thankful in spite of the test? If you can get this, your life will change forever. You can have joy, you can have a prayer life, and you can be thankful in the worst of worsts. But it's your choice. You've got to learn, I'm going to say it just like I wrote it down because I don't want to mess it up. Your present position of sickness, disease, does not have to cancel out your passionate praise of thankfulness to him. Thanksgiving is about more than what he can or will do. It's about all the things that he has already done. We don't give thanks for things that are going wrong, but in the midst of what's going wrong, Paul said, find a reason to still give him thanks. You have to give him thanks in the middle of what's faced, what you're facing, what's going, what you're, what you're uh, being tested with. There's something in the, the, the testing that gives you the ability to still be thankful. When you are thankful, you understand that it is only prayer and joy that can keep you in that posture of thanksgiving. When your joy is found in Him, circumstance can't steal it. When your prayer life is connected to Him, people can't take its place. When thankfulness is found in him, the storm can't keep you complaining. This is the perfect will of God. Paul said, learn to be thankful for what you have. He did not say, be sad about what you don't have. Thankfulness is a key element to having breakthrough in our lives. I remember as a kid, uh, growing up about hearing a, a story about a donut, and uh, they would use this donut in like vacation Bible school as a way to teach us kids how to be thankful. And I tried to remember the poem. It went something like this. They'd say, as you go through life, make it your goal to look at the donut and not the whole. If you're constantly focused on the whole, you'll never appreciate the donut. God wants us to be thankful for the donut. The whole's supposed to be there. The test is supposed to happen. The trial is supposed to happen. It's not there to take you out. It's there to take you up. It's not to defeat you. It's to lift you up. It's not to take you under. It's to take you over. Prayer. Joy and thanksgiving is the ingredients to knowing the perfect will of God. It's not an option. If you want his will, you got to learn how to be joyful, to have a prayer life, and to be thankful. 
Psalms 92 and 1 says, It is good (laughs) to give thanks to the Lord. Psalms 100 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful, watch, to him and bless his name. It's not my job to make you thankful. It's not your pastors. It's not your your leaders. it's, It's not your wife or your husband to make you thankful. It's not their job to make you joyful. It's not their job to teach you how to pray. It's your choice. And if we will choose to be thankful, I'm here to tell you, God's will will be performed in our marriages, in our finances, in our homes, in our children, in our church, in our relationships. I want the perfect will of God. I don't want his permissive will. And I've learned, I've lived long enough I've gone through enough tests to know the devil didn't give me this joy. and He can't take it away. Romans 1.21 says, this is Paul talking, he says, throughout human history, the fingerprint of God's, God was upon them. He's talking about the children of Israel. He's talking about the people, God's people. He said, throughout history, God's fingerprint has been upon them. I love the Passion Version. Look what's. Yet they refuse to honor him as God, even be thankful for his kindness. They refuse to see the goodness of who he is. Instead, they've entertained corrupt and foolish thoughts about what God was like. This left them with nothing but misguided hearts, steeped in moral darkness. Although claiming to be wise, they were in fact shallow. Well said. You got to learn how to see God and know that you can be thankful for who He is, not just what He can do for you. I ain't got time to read it, but in Luke chapter 17, verse 15 through 19, you'll see a story about 10 lepers men. These men were secluded, they couldn't come around family. All they had with them was themselves. Jesus was coming into the city, and they begin to cry out, and they said, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. They were six feet apart. They were isolated. (laughs) They were socially distanced. Because the law said they couldn't come close to people because of their disease. It wasn't coronavirus. This was leprosy. They probably had masks on too. I don't know. But Jesus says, stop right there. Because of what you're declaring, thou son of David, have mercy. What they were saying with their mouth was, you're our king. We know you're a king. We trust you to be our source. Could you heal us? They just tried it. They didn't have nothing to lose. And the Bible says, he says, go show yourself to the priest. Go to the church house. Church house ain't all bad. How many knows? Kingdom isn't about a building, right? I'm going to keep telling it. I'm going to keep speaking it. Kingdom's not about a building. Your purpose ain't found in this building. Your purpose is found outside this building. You come to Growth Track today, we're going to teach you kingdom purpose, not kingdom church. We're going to teach you that the kingdom of God dwells within. 
you're watching online, you've, you've been told wrong. If you've been told you can only find your purpose in a building. If they close the church doors tomorrow, I still got purpose because the kingdom of God dwells within me. You got purpose. We're going to take territory in the schools, in the government, in the media, wherever we're at because we are kingdom citizens. We're not world dwellers. Kind of like the disciples that stayed in the boat. They were boat dwellers. Peter was a water walker. I want to be a water walker. I want to step out and I want to make a difference in the territory that I'm in because there's something inside me that's bigger than me. And it's inside of you. It's called an anointing. It's called a calling. It's called God's perfect will. These ten men, they obeyed. They went to the priest and on their way to the priest, they were healed. Their leprosy ceased. Can you imagine what was being talked about? Shouting was probably happening. Victory was being declared. But only one of those ten went back to Jesus and just said, I just wanted to come and thank you for giving me back everything I've lost. I just wanted to come and tell you thank you for answering my prayer. There's a joy in me that I've never had before. I lost it, but I got it back the day I chose to depend on you to take care of my needs. And Jesus, he said, where are the other nine? There was 10 of you. He, he said, I don't know. He said, well, listen, I'm not only going to heal you, but I'm going to make you whole. In other words, I'm not just, I haven't just healed your, your, your body. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make whole everything about you, your relationships, your family, the people that you've lost, and your relationships you lost as a result. I'm going to put it all back. They had ears and noses missing. I'm going to put your ears and nose back. I'm going to make it all whole. Yeah, leprosy caused things to fall off of you. Research it a little bit. I believe he got everything he lost in the storm. What disfigured him, I think God, Jesus, made him completely whole because he had a thankful heart. Which brings me to my last point. Walk in his perfect will. I've been saying it. Not in his permissive will. There's a huge difference. Walk in his perfect will, not in his permissive will. So many times because we think we know better than God, we find ourselves in his permissive will rather than walking in his perfect will. What I mean by that is God's permissive will is him simply allowing us to have what we want, not exactly what he intended. How many times have we been, give it to me, Lord, give it to me, 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 give it to me. We could be our own three-piece band. Give it to me, yeah, yeah, no. And then you get it, and he's like, you wanted it. And we'll cry and what is this happening to me? Because you wanted it. I'm just telling you. At some point, we have to learn God will never make you do anything, but He will give you opportunities to make wise choices personally every time. See, I can't make Ethan. I can, but I can't make him be joyous. I'm the dad, but I can't make him have joy. I can't make him pray. 
If, if I do, it becomes a pushed will instead of a desired will. He should desire the will of his father because of the relationship he has with me. In the same way, we as his children, we, we must long to desire his perfect will. And when he says no or not right now, we accept that we're in a different season. And permissive could never take the place of perfect. Some of us have settled for his permissive will, which is him saying, okay, I'll give it to you. It's not what's perfect for you, but I'll let you have it. But if you just trust me, lean not upon your own understanding, acknowledge me in all your ways, and I will direct your path. If you'll just trust me and wait a minute, I'll make you the head and not the tail, first and not last, above only and never beneath. They'll call you blessed coming in and blessed going out. That's his perfect will. You want the perfect will of God? 1 Corinthians 10 and 12 says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. There is no temptation that has overtaken you except such is common unto man. I love this. But God is faithful. This is the person that's got what they wanted and now they don't really want it. You've messed up and you've said, I, want, I just want it. i got to have it. God says, I am faithful to him who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able. But with the temptation will always also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. What he says is, if you've chased after the permissive will and you've suddenly realized it's not really what you need, he said, I'll make a way of escape. That's what he says. I've always made a way of escape for you to get back to my perfect will for your life. And that's what he wants for you. It's what he wants for you online today. It's going to start with joy in him. It's going to start with a prayer life that won't quit, won't stop. Because you got that relationship. And it's going to finish in being thankful for where you are. Not for where you're going, but for exactly where you are, knowing that you're right in his hands, and that's all that matters. You want his perfect will? you got to trust him in his perfect ways. And then you'll be ready to be served by the master. Then all the hell that you've faced and gone through, You'll come through the fire, you'll come through the flood, you'll come through the test and the trial and the tribulation, and suddenly God says, you know what, I want to bring glory out of your life. And I'm going to let people see that though you went through tests and went through trials and went through trials and circumstances, won't you taste and see that the Lord is good? And his mercies endure forever. There's no bad eggs in that, I promise. And like many of us, God begins to use our life and he starts serving us up. Not to bring promotion to us so people say, man, you sure taste good. No, it's so that we can learn how to give him the glory and say, had it not been for the Lord who was... That's really good. Who was on my side? Where would I be? And God uses your life as a testimony. Can you eat that, Larry? You might need to give that to your wife. 
He starts using your life as a testimony to bring him glory. And suddenly, because you're in the perfect will of God, you don't taste nasty. You're not bitter. You're not upset. You're not angry, unforgiving. You're not in a pouting position. No, you got your hands raised. You're full of joy. You came in. You entered his gates with thanksgiving. You come in his courts with praise. And my Lord, there's been a prayer come, life coming out in you that's connected you to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And there's nothing the devil can do to keep you from giving him glory because you know what he's done in your life. To be thankful is to be grateful for the good and to be grateful for the bad. Because had I not went through test I never know how good it tastes on the other side there's some things coming in your life that are going to taste so good and I get it right now it's bad honestly this is the worst month that my family ever faces every year Worst month. My kids lost to mama in 2014 on November 17th to cancer. Y'all know that. My divorce to the lady I was married to for a short period of time was final on November 17th. So this is a hard month. I think probably one of my dogs or my cats died on November 17th too. I don't know. Just a bad name, bad number, bad month. But I've had to learn, I said that for this one reason, I've had to learn that God restored my joy. Keep your head up, honey. You look beautiful. Come here. I'm not ashamed of this. He restored my joy. He gave me my, back my prayer life. He gave me back my heart of thankfulness and gratitude, not because of her. I had to get it going through the storm, in the lonely nights, in the nights, the, the moments of weakness. And when I found my joy in him, when I found my prayer life in him, when I found my thankfulness in him, suddenly I was walking in his perfect will, and all of a sudden there came a brook, a brook that would satisfy a brook that would never walk away. A brook that would hold me in the midnight. A brook that would pray for me, encourage me, and build me up. When everybody else told me I couldn't do it, she'd say I could. I'm just telling you, if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. And today's a day of restoration. It's a month of healing. It's a month of thankfulness. Not thankful that we get to get out. But can you be thankful if he says, you still got to stay in it just a little bit longer? But there's a final, there's a final piece. You're going to come out of the fire eventually, and you're going to be served for my glory and for my honor. Can you bow your heads with me today? Thank you for your patience. I've kept you just a little bit longer. But for this reason, I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to touch somebody in this room. He wants to touch you online. And he's asking, will you find joy in him again? Will you trust him in relationship so much that you'll stop complaining and just start loving on him through your prayer life? 
Will you choose today to be thankful in everything? There, his perfect will will be found. Under the sound of my voice, you say, Pastor Darren, I want God's perfect will for my life. I'm tired of settling. Would you just pray for me? I come in agreement with this word today. If that's you, you're online or you're in this audience, I just want you to slip your hand up on the count of three. You say, I want to be in God's perfect will. In Jesus' name, say, one, two, three. There's a hand. There's a hand. There's a hand. There's a hand. God sees these hands. Come on, I know there's more people here. Say, I want to be in his perfect will. We're going to stand together all across this building. The prayer team's going to come. Everyone stand to your feet. The worship team's going to sing a song. If you're online, we pray and believe that no matter where you're at, God wants to heal, touch, deliver, and set free. These altars are going to be open. If you want to come and pray, prayer is, again, sometimes when you can't pray for yourself, you need somebody else to just simply join in agreements with you. We're sanitized. We'll have our mask on. But if you need special prayer, we're going to pray and sing this song. I'm going to pray a prayer over you, and then these altars are open. You come right on down if you want someone to join with you in agreement. No matter what it is, we believe God is more than enough. Let's pray together. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my friends. I pray for my family. I ask that you would touch, heal, and deliver. We come against every spirit of confusion, doubt, or fear. God, I ask, Lord, that you would begin to restore the joy of our salvation once again. Let us find peace and contentment in having relationship with you through prayer, a lifestyle of prayer. Father God, we repent of all of our sins. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come into our hearts. Be Lord of our lives. Change us and transform us. Teach us how to be thankful again. We don't want your permissive will, Lord, but we choose to hold on to your perfect will. We love you. We adore you. And we thank you in advance for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. Come on, lift your hands all across this sanctuary. Come on, give him praise for who he is. Thank you for joining me today. I trust and believe that God's word has strengthened your faith. Why don't you visit me at darrenfarmer.com and let's do life together on all social media platforms. And as always, your prayers and your financial giving is always welcome. God bless you.